Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to the Boss Up Podcast, episode 386. I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Bossed Up. And today I'm talking through how nutrition can be a tool for sustained energy, especially for anyone who identifies as a burnt out professional. I'm excited to be sitting down with Patricia Daly to talk these topics through. But first, before we go any further, I just want to acknowledge and give a trigger warning that we're going to be talking about food today. If talking about food and nutrition is not a safe topic for you, or if you have a history of disordered eating and this feels like it's just coming a bit close uh, to triggering you, this is a great episode to skip. So I just want to put that out there front and center, uh, and hopefully we'll see you on the next episode. That being said, let me introduce you to Patricia. Patricia Daly is a nutritional therapy practitioner with a BA in dietetics who specializes in helping burnt-out professionals regain their vitality through a nutritional therapy approach. She helps busy professionals from physicians to CEOs discover the nutritional keys that can improve their everyday life and productivity. Patricia supports individuals around the globe in one-on-one sessions, diving into each client's specific needs based on their bio-individuality and lifestyle. She also hosts webinars on burnout through a nutritional lens to corporations interested in supporting their employees on a different level. I've been working with uh, Patricia for the past few months on my nutritional journey, which you'll hear more about in today's episode. And so I'm really delighted that Patricia took time out of her busy schedule to join us here on the pod. Patricia, welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast. Thank you. I am happy to be here. So first, I'm so excited to talk to you all about what we've been working on in my nutritional journey, but also just about how so many of us who are hardworking, high-achieving, burnt-out professionals can think about nutrition as like a tool in our energy management toolbox. So Help me understand first and foremost, how did you get into this work to begin with? Sure. So I should start from the beginning. Food has always been my first love. Uh, It is my love language. I love the way that it impacts people, connects people, everything. Um, Mm. So I decided to major in dietetics. I got a bachelor's in dietetics. And afterwards, I actually dove into the world of healthcare IT. And over the last few years, with all the pandemics, uh, healthcare IT has been a very stressful place for people in the workforce. I bet. Yes. And so that led me to be this burnt out professional. So Mm. I was waking up just exhausted every day. I needed a cup of coffee, two cups of coffee to feel even remotely awake. Um, I was reacting and overreacting to stressors throughout my day. I was 
often, you know, just reacting in a way that I didn't want to because I, I just didn't quite have a handle on my stress response. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like it kind of went into this pattern where I was relying on coffee through my whole day. And then I was relying on maybe a glass or two of wine at night. And then I had terrible sleep and I started the next day the same way. Um, over the course of the beginning of the pandemic, this actually led to some hormonal acne for me because my hormones were just so out of whack. And I should say that that was the first time in my life that I had acne. So it was quite a shocker. Um, so all of this kind of led me back into the nutrition world and I dove back in head first and I started making these small changes over a long period of time. And what I realized was, Hey, there are so many people out there that are going through this that think that they have to wake up exhausted, that they have to go through their whole day just feeling so burnt out and just not knowing the key. Um, yeah. And so nutrition is just one of the keys that can unlock mm. how you can have a more sustainable lifestyle with a work-life balance. Um, and so you can still achieve your goals. Absolutely. That's all of the all of our goals. <laughs> so yeah. how do we do that in a more sustainable way? And how do we use nutrition to fuel our bodies to be able to achieve that? I love that so much. And I can so see myself in your story, Patricia. I think so many of us are just running on that hamster wheel of caffeine to keep us going and wine to wind us down. (laughs) And it's funny because I've been thinking and talking and writing about burnout for the better part of a decade now, and only am just coming around to nutrition as one of those tools with which we can all navigate stress better. I've historically just focused on exercise as a way to mitigate the stress hormones in your body and brain, but it it really wasn't until my son Max came along that I started thinking about, and, and frankly, he had so many nutritional challenges in the first few horrendous months of his life that were pretty harrowing for all of us. That's when I started reading and learning everything I possibly could get my hands on about nutrition to set him up for success. And so it's kind of ironic, isn't it, that in working with you, it's been a revolution for me in saying, hey, maybe I deserve this kind of care too. So thank you for for bringing this to my attention. And I'm excited to dive into this conversation with you for everyone listening. So what is the connection, big picture-wise, between what we're fueling our bodies with, and that idea of sustained energy throughout the day, because I never really understood that before working with you. Can you help explain? Absolutely. So you kind of hit it right on the head there by saying fueling our bodies. I think we take for granted that we actually need to give our bodies fuel to keep us sustained and keep our energy up. Um, and really to have that maintained energy. Um, Mm. So really the big picture here is a lot of people just need to eat more and more consistently throughout the day. Um, So sometimes it's as simple as that, is eating three meals a day spread out um, and having snacks in between if you need it. Uh, So really big picture, it is just about having enough fuel to make Mm. sure that your blood sugar is staying consistent. Because what happens is... If you get to a point where you're ravenous, you're probably hangry too, which means that you're acting in a much higher state, a much higher frequency. And so then you're more reactive to whatever stressful thing comes your way, which it always does in every (laughs) career. There's always going to be stressful stimulus. And so 
the approach that I take with my clients and with you um, is how do we get to a point where our blood sugar is sustained, that we're fueling mm. our body and giving it what it needs so that when those stressful stimulus comes or when it, yeah. whenever they hit you, you actually have the tools to say, like, is this a fight or flight moment or can I handle this in a more calm yeah. way? Um, so it is kind of using nutrition to get those stress hormones under control. And exercise is absolutely a great way to filter through those as well. Um, sure. But nutrition is just another tool, another perspective. Yeah, it's so interesting because I feel like this comes up with my leaders in our leadership accelerator. We talk a lot about uh, emotional intelligence and how to not be triggered or how to acknowledge when you're having a stressful trigger moment and how to respond, not react. And I, I can't help but think, wow, like being a good boss, being a great leader requires so much emotional agility that if I haven't had breakfast, I'm not going to be able to tap into those resources. Like I'm not going to have the human capital to expend and being a thoughtful, conscientious, empathic leader in that moment. So let's start, let's start there. You know, we know we've all heard breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And yet I have a feeling a lot of our listeners are busy boss women who maybe if they're lucky, grab a cliff bar on the way out the door. What, how should we all start thinking about breakfast? So this is a really funny one because I know exactly that everyone always says you have to eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. And for whatever reason, that almost made me not want to do it because it was that aspect of like, hey, don't tell me what to do. I got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the reason breakfast is so important is because it sets you up for success for your whole day. So if you mm. have just even if it's something small, if you have a breakfast, it gives you a chance to keep that blood sugar maintained. And by the time you get to lunch, you're not going to be ravenous. So you're not just going to grab mm -hmm. anything that you can. You can make a better decision at lunchtime then because you're not at this point of like, oh my gosh, I need something, anything to eat. Um, so yeah. breakfast really sets you up and it sets the tone to really maintain um, stable energy up until lunch. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I know it's hard to give blanket advice because you work so individualistically and everyone's relationship with food is so different. But one of the things that was such a game changer for me in working with you was my relationship with coffee yes. and frankly candy, which we could talk about on a whole other episode. Um, but coffee in particular, you know, I've made this subtle shift that was really hard to make, to be clear, but I made this subtle shift from reaching for that cup of coffee first to reaching for that cup of coffee second after some kind of breakfast. And I was just talking with my mother about this this weekend. And I said, oh my gosh, it just totally hits me completely differently. The caffeine uh, is less of like a roller coaster ride all day. I'm sleeping better. I'm feeling more sustained energy. And she's like, no way in hell could I do that. She was so resistant because she says, I just love my coffee first thing in the morning. And she said, I'm not hungry in the morning. I, I'm a little like queasy if I eat breakfast first thing in the morning. So what would you say to folks who say, I'm not hungry for breakfast. I just want that cup of coffee. How do we, 
How do we approach that issue? Definitely. So you hit on two really good points. Um, So one being coffee is this wonderful thing that's just so cozy and warm and we love it. Um, And so it's how do we use our coffee more efficiently? And so by you eating breakfast first before your coffee, if Mm. that works for you, um, that actually is getting some food, some fat, some protein, some carbs into your stomach prior to the coffee and the caffeine. So what that Mm. does is it actually slows the absorption of the caffeine into your bloodstream. And so that's really beneficial because then it's it's not this huge spike and then crash. (laughs) So that's why it's so nice to have something to kind of coat your stomach beforehand so that by the time it hits the small intestine, you're in good shape. It's kind of slow release, you can think of it as. Um, So that's a really good point. And then another thing that a lot of people in general uh, encounter with breakfast is that they're not hungry. And so mm. sometimes it's almost like this, like you said, queasy or almost like borderline nauseous in the morning. Yeah. Um, and so what that means, there's two possibilities there. It's possible that maybe you ate a little bit late the night before. And so there's still some stomach working its way through your digestive system. That's one mm. aspect. Another aspect is that it's very likely that you have low stomach acid. So a lot of people experience this, and it would be really hard to know that you're experiencing it until you have something like queasiness or feeling a little bit nauseous in the morning. So the best thing that I tell my clients, and I actually tell everyone this, in the morning, first thing, one big glass of water with a little bit of lemon and even a little pinch of sea salt. So Celtic sea salt, Himalayan sea salt, that gives you some minerals and acid that your stomach needs to start the day, to start feeling really yeah. good. Um, so that is probably the number one tip that I give to everyone who is struggling to eat breakfast. Yeah, those are such great reminders. And I want to be very candid here and just say for anyone who's listening and says, no way in hell, you will pry my coffee out of my cold, dead hands, right? Like my first thing in the morning cup, I felt the same way and it was not easy. And I was emailing with you about this experience just a few weeks ago. I kind of detoxed from two to three cups a day to spending, starting on Friday morning, you know, just saying, you know, I'm just doing this cold turkey. It was probably not the best way to do it. But I went from two to three cups a day to just that one cup in the morning after breakfast. And I did, in fact, have a headache for about two and a half days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did feel like garbage that whole weekend. And you told me to plan for that. You were like, just be prepared. This is going to hurt. And by Monday morning, I woke up and got out of bed feeling rested for the first time in maybe like, I don't know, 15 years and feeling like able to just start my engine emotionally and mentally without that first cup of coffee. And I would say weeks later now, I feel that 10 times over. My sleep has been better. You told me something really fascinating about how long caffeine stays in our system. What was that fact exactly? So the half-life for the average person of caffeine is about five hours. Um, So that means if you're having another cup of coffee around 2 p.m., something like that, 2 or 3 p.m., which is normally when we feel that slump and we want that extra little bit of caffeine, um, that means that by the time you're going to sleep, that 180 milligrams of caffeine, about 90 of it is still in your system. And that's just the average person. So for some people, the half-life can be up to eight hours. Um, And so that means when you're going to sleep, you still have so much of that caffeine still running through your bloodstream. Um, right. which can make it really difficult to sleep. And then and then you think you have a sleep problem, but you might just have a coffee, right. you know, a coffee <laughs> adjustment. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's been really interesting. And I've also become a big tea person. That's what I'm drinking right now. Lovely. So I've, I've substituted my, you know, second and third cup of coffee for just herbal tea. And I, I do love a cozy, warm beverage. It is absolutely a treat. It's something that so many people love, myself included. Um, and so you do just have to think of it in a different way. Um, yeah. and, and just how empowering is it to be able to rely on yourself for the fuel versus a cup of coffee totally. so you can wake up and feel energized and feel good? Absolutely. It's kind of, I didn't know it was possible. Like, I didn't know that was an option. I was like, I I'm tired. Coffee is the only option. You know, like there is a better way. There's a different way that's a little less harsh on your system. Yes. Um, on that note, one of the things I'm still really struggling to implement that you and I have been working on is just being more present and mindful of an eater specifically for whatever reason, lunch. Like I literally proclaimed this to the team a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I'm going to try to eat lunch away from my desk. So talk to me about what we can do and why that actually matters to eat away from our desk. Well, and it's just so interesting because, you know, so many, we're all high achievers. So we want to be productive for every second of the day, especially when we have energy, get through as much as you possibly can. Um, and so it's really hard. It's a really hard adjustment. The reason why it is so important is because digestion actually starts from the top down. So that means it starts with your brain. And that means have, giving yourself a moment and taking a few deep breaths actually gives your body a chance to recognize, I'm about to enjoy a meal. I'm about yeah. to focus on that meal and savor it. Um, so if you are at your desk and you're typing away and answering emails while you're trying to scarf down a salad or whatever it is, right. um, then what's actually happening is blood flow is going basically everywhere else because your stress hormones are firing. So you, your body may think that you need to send blood flow to the extremities or anywhere else, but the digestive system, because why would you be eating when you're stressed out? Right. <laughs> so that's it's, the way it's sort of like back to how we're wired, right. To, to survive a yes. stressful situation, we have to get our bodies primed to run away exactly. and it puts digestion on hold. So it, by, by essentially triggering that stress response while eating, we're like setting ourselves up to have digestive issues. Exactly. And so even, so it starts in the brain and you want to get in a calm state and you hit it on the head when you said that it just, it needs to your body needs to know that you're safe in order to mm -hmm. actually be able to digest. Um, and so even if you're thinking about it, you, you want to make sure you're actually chewing your food. And if you're focusing on something else, it makes it really hard to focus on chewing. And that sounds so silly and so simple, but yeah. it is wildly important when you think about how you want the food to be broken down as much as possible before it starts moving into your digestive tract, yeah. because then that's when it's going to start causing you to feel bloated or gassy or just uncomfortable. Um, yeah. so what I tell my clients is I know that it seems really hard to do, but you can see that as the most valuable 10 minutes that you give yourself to make sure that you're even yeah. more productive for the rest of the day. Cause you're not dealing with all of this discomfort that you've probably just become accustomed to, but you don't have yeah. to be bloated and feel uncomfortable. Right. I feel like there's a badge of honor that all my fellow IBS anxious, high achieving yes. women have, which is like, who doesn't have gut issues these days? You know what I mean? And exactly. It's like, ooh, maybe that's a sign of a broader challenge that we really need to work on this year. I think it's a good time to just reset our relationship with 
you know, our gut and our bodies and say, you know what, if we have constant indigestion, it maybe it doesn't need to be this way starting from the consumption piece itself. I remember yes. when you first told me that, we were laughing a little bit because I was like, look, Patricia, that's all well and good, but I have a one-year-old, so half of my meals are defending myself against my son who wants to eat whatever's on my plate or hovering over him at breakfast, uh, just picking up whatever scraps end up all over the kitchen and eating that as my breakfast. And I have to say, I know it's hard. Like, I know it's really challenging, especially as a parent, to make this happen. But I've started to just put up more boundaries with my little baby and say, look, that's your food. This is mommy's food. Like, I deserve to eat my own food. And, like, you have to respect me just like I want to respect you. And I can't say that that negotiation is always one that I win, but finding that sort of ability to model for even my little kiddo that, you know, it's I deserve to eat because I'm your mother and I'm a human being too has been a little bit of a radical shift of like boundary setting (laughs) with my son so that it doesn't become this martyrdom thing. Like Mm -hmm. whatever you want, you know, you can have whatever's on my plate. I think that's that's a hard thing for me to like re-script for myself, but it's something I'm working on. Definitely. And I think so many new new parents are going through the same thing. And so mm. one thing that I actually say to give yourself a little bit of grace and to not put so many boundaries on, I need to eat healthy. So eating healthy means this, 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 give yourself some right. grace. Start with one meal where you're not um, focusing on anything else, but eating your food. So if that's lunch, great. If that's dinner, great. I think breakfast for a lot of people is really hard because everybody's just trying to get out the door to start their day, to drop kids at daycare, whatever it is. So breakfast can be an especially hard time, but if you can just choose one meal a day to focus on you and focus on your food, um, it will increase your, just, just make you feel so much better. And it becomes a habit. Yeah. I think you're right to start small, it becomes so much more attainable. Patricia, let's talk about that midday slump. You mentioned the 2 p.m. grab for the cup of coffee, and I am guilty as charged. That is like my go-to. I think everybody has the midday slump. So what's your advice for how to best deal with that? Let's say we've done the thing. We've had our lunch away from our desks. Then what? How else should we think about that afternoon piece? So the best thing you can do after lunch is to go for a walk. So the idea behind this is you want to use up that glucose that you just ate, that sugar that you just ate. That's probably inevitably somewhere in your lunch. Um, So the best thing you can do is to go for a walk so that your muscles start to use up that glucose and you're avoiding a huge spike Hmm. and drop later in your blood sugar. Um, so that is really beneficial in terms of the internal avoiding the spike and crash, but it also just gives you a chance to take a deep breath, get some fresh air, um, and get moving. It it gives you a restart to get back to your day with a fresh perspective. So if you have the opportunity to step away and go for a walk, or if you have a gym that you like to go to, even if it's 15 minutes, 15 minutes is better than no minutes. Totally. It's so interesting because... I'm thinking of like how hard the labor movement fought for our rights to have protected lunch breaks and weekends and even in really physically demanding jobs like a labor and delivery nurse like my mother. You know, it is really hard to 
create that space and time for a 15-minute lunch or a walk around the hospital floor. And yet, like, those are well within our rights. You know what I mean? Like, these are these are rights that we have. These are protected uh, moments that all human beings need that I think we've all kind of taken for granted or just stopped caring about because <laughs> we're not doing it. And it, it feels really hard to indulge yourself with that midday break if your deliverables are unrealistic and your workload is through the roof and you're totally stressed out about getting the work done. So, I mean, what would you say to someone who's like, you've got to be kidding me, Patricia, I don't have time for a 15-minute lunch, much less a 10-minute lunch and a 15-minute walk. Exactly. And and that's, it's so funny because it does feel like you're indulging to be able to do these things in certain periods of your life, in certain periods of the yeah. workload. Um, and so even, even if it's just doing a few squats at your desk or wherever you can, if it's in yeah. the bathroom, <laughs> then doing a few squats just to get the blood flow moving and to, again, yeah. use that glucose up before it causes the spike and crash. Because it's so true. I mean, mm-hmm. until you really understand you know, you get into the why behind your doing behind why you're doing things. Yeah. Um, I think it can feel like it's indulging and it's it's doing something outside of the norm and that we have to just keep going, 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 going. Okay. So just so I'm clear on the connection here, the afternoon spike and drop is what happens when we don't physically exert ourselves a little bit, right? So you're saying take some of that glucose or whatever you got in terms of nutrients from lunch, burn it, right? Like do some of those push-ups in the bathroom on the counter sink or whatever. And even if it feels like a indulgence you're just doing for your well-being, what you're actually doing is help make you way more focused from two to three than you probably otherwise would have because you're avoiding that spike altogether. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. So on a global level, or if you kind of zoom out of what's going on in your system is Uh your central nervous system detects a spike in blood sugar. And this causes a release of insulin from the pancreas. So the oh. liver and skeletal muscles are saying, okay, you know, we've, we've got enough glucose. We're going to store some glucose as glycogen. Um, and that's what actually causes the blood sugar to completely drop. And that's when oh. you feel all of a sudden, oh my goodness, I am hangry or I need this. I need some coffee. Um, huh. And so that's when you're likely going to, you know, go for another cup of coffee or a latte because it's going to be really satisfying. Um, the problem with that is that's then going to cause another spike. And then yeah. insulin will be released and the liver and the skeletal muscles will store glucose as glycogen, so on and so forth. So it's this cycle that's happening throughout your day. So how do we stop that cycle? Well, we could use up the glucose. So in mm. order to use up the glucose, if we go for a walk or we exercise in any minimal way, so doing some squats or doing some push-ups, whatever, whatever is best for you and taking a walk around your office or your, your parking lot, whatever it may be just getting your body moving for five to 10 minutes so that you can use up that glucose so that it's not causing another drop. Um, And then you then reach for something that will bring you back up. So how do we, again, just maintain and keep those energy levels stable? You know what you just made me think of immediately is how back in grade school, I don't even know if they still do this. I'm sure I'll find out in the next five years, but we used to have recess right after lunch. 
right? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. For a reason, probably. Can you imagine having kids go to lunch and then coming back to the classroom? Oh, my goodness. That, like, 2 p.m. slump would be a nightmare with 10-year-olds. Exactly. And yet, that's what we're all doing to ourselves yep. in the office. Exactly, because we don't give ourselves that recess. <laughs> and yeah. the, the funny thing is, when you give yourself that little break, that little moment to, whether it's getting fresh air, whatever it is, yeah, you're giving yourself the gift of productivity for the rest of the day. So you mm. will come back feeling so much more ready to take on whatever tasks you need to do rather than staying put, staying at your keyboard and just trying to suffer through the next task and the next task. Um, so if you can just give yourself just a little bit of time, you can have the opportunity to be more productive later. It's funny because like so much of the advice I give here at Bossed Up, what I kind of hear you saying is, there's a moral argument, which is that you deserve this. Yes. Like you're a human being. You deserve to have lunch like without working at the same time. But there's also a really clear strategic business case, which is you're going to be better if you give yourself this time. You know, we're going to be more efficient. So whether we want to burn capitalism down to the ground or are playing the cards we've been dealt, it sort of fits both models is yes, what I'm hearing. Exactly. Exactly. Because ultimately, if you want to improve your productivity, give yourself yeah. a little bit of a moment, give yourself some time um, because yeah. you will be more productive if you if you hone in on that. I love that. Um, Patricia, I'm going to wrap here because I could talk to you literally all day about all the great advice and topics that you know so much about. Where can our listeners learn more about you and your great work and just follow up if they want to explore working with you? Sure. So they can visit me on my website at thedailybeat.com. That's D-A-L-E-Y-B-E-E-T.com. Uh, or they can visit me on Instagram at thedailybeat. Awesome. And we'll drop links to all those great resources in today's show notes. Thank you so much again for all of your support. And like, I sound like a fangirl here because I am marveling at the changes I've seen in my life already in working with you. Um, but yeah, thanks for geeking out with us on the pod today. I so appreciate it. Thank you. It's been great being here and I can't wait to meet with you next. To read Patricia's top takeaways and get links to resources she mentioned today, head to bossedup.org slash episode 386. That's bossedup.org slash episode 386. And if you are ready to commit to your well-being this year, there are still a few Bossed Up 2023 limited edition Life Tracker planners available. For those of you who, like me, want to put your personal and professional goals and ambitions on the same page every single month, week, and day. So whether it's getting that morning workout in or trying to reshape my whole relationship with caffeine, those are the kinds of personal wellness goals that live right next to my professional ambitions in my Life Tracker Planner. So snag yours today before we sell out at bossedup.org slash Life Tracker Planner. As always, I would love to hear what you thought about today's conversation. Do you, like me, desperately need to reshape your relationship with your first cup of coffee every morning? Uh, I'll report back, by the way, on how my mom takes uh, Patricia's advice in today's episode. We'll see if we can uh, help her make breakfast a priority. And are you as challenged as I am by the idea of eating lunch away from your desk every day? Let's hold each other accountable and share best practices that are working for you, as well as challenges that might be uh, providing some roadblocks 
in the Bossed Up LinkedIn group, where we're always talking through every episode after it airs. So find the link to join us there in the show notes. And I can't wait to hear what you think. Until next time, let's keep Boston in pursuit of our purpose. And together, let's lift as we climb.